This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, hey, and welcome to Speakernomics, the podcast about becoming a better speaker and building a better business. I'm your host, Tom Singer, and today's episode is being recorded live in person at the National Speakers Association's CSP CPAE Forum. And today we are going to talk about the future of your virtual studio, because let's face it, the live in-person meetings business is coming back, and a lot of people have invested heavily in their virtual virtual studios. Well, what do we do with them? And today I am joined by Dan Thurman. Hey, Dan, how are you? Hi, Tom. I'm doing fantastic. So Dan, what are your two tips for speakers on what they should be doing with their virtual studio? Well, the first tip is to make a list and take an inventory of all that you've done in your digital studio and all you could do with your studio moving forward. And we'll unpack that in a bit. And the second thing is to leverage all of the momentum that you've already created with your studio and in the process of learning how to use it. Awesome. So you're saying don't put everything on eBay and sell it. <laughs> no, heavens forbid. Awesome. So Dan, let's back up yes. to March 2020 and the pandemic came, the live meeting business pulled the parking brake. Yep. And for a lot of speakers, the word pivot became like this nightmare of what does it even mean and what do we do? And this idea of virtual was kind of scary. From the beginning, you were one of the speakers who who jumped in and invested in building out a fantastic studio. So take us back to 2020 and tell us what you did. March 7th, 8th, and 9th. March 7th, I was speaking in Israel. March 8th in Nashville. March 9th, I was at the Gaylord Texan Convention Center and Hotel, which, as you know, is this massive facility with a huge event space. And which, which is where Influence in 2022 is going to be held. So everybody, start marking your calendars now for this summer, because you don't want to miss NSA's influence at the Gaylord in Nashville. Back to Dan. Yo, but that was in Texas. So it was uh, a different different Gaylord. Gotcha. You're right, absolutely. So at that time, March 9th, Tom, there was only 150 people in the whole building. It was desolate. It was a ghost town. And it was at that moment we knew everything was going away. Um, and I'd never done a virtual meeting before. I'd never done a webinar or digital presentation. I resisted it. I considered myself you know, a, a performer, a speaker in front of audiences. I love the energy of a live room. But what I said was to myself, if I'm going to do this, it has to be congruent and consistent with my brand, which is to deliver something beyond what others are doing. 
and to create some wow factor connecting people to mind, body, and spirit. And so we took advantage of the time that we had to invent and to create. We did it very quickly. So we ordered equipment that we needed. I, I worked with um, several other speakers who were at the front edge of that curve, specifically Vin Jang, who was about two weeks ahead of me in his thinking. But he had this idea as well of, I'm going to go big. I'm going to go big and stay home. And for me, that looked like three different sets. So we had one that was dedicated to like a classroom setup. We had one that was a library. And we had one that was a, a physical space where I could have high ceilings and do some of the signature moves that I'm known for. Right. Because you you juggle and you ride a unicycle and you you show people how to have balance and you know not have balance and all that in, in your speeches. But you need to have that space that is more than just like sitting in the corner in a chair because you need to be able to perform. Well, it, it helps me to be able to convey certain aspects of my point and to deliver to my distinction and my audience's expectation. And so, you know, that's what, what worked for me. And those three locations I use strategically for like mind, body, and spirit. Nice. And so when I move through the space, it's for very specific intended reasons. And it's been extremely effective. It also gave me something to do in the midst of this environment and world where nobody knew what was happening to focus on a positive commitment to growth in the midst of the uncertainty. It's, so, been, it's been good. So for those of you who don't know Dan, Dan is an incredible speaker. He's a former president of the National Speakers Association, and he really works hard to make sure that he is delivering thoughtful content in ways that go far beyond what other speakers have done. So that's what you created in your studio. You created a wow of a studio, and that was an investment of time. It was an investment of money, of investment of space, yes. and, and it paid off for you over the last two years, correct? Yeah, and I want to stop right here and say, look, that was appropriate for me and it was possible for me because of the investments we had you know the, the money we had set aside we, it was it was possible because of the studio and the space that we had already created for video production and I know that's not what everybody has to work with and that's okay but my point with this interview is you've already done so much to create a, a capacity a capability of presenting to your audience from the distance, from your, your own home or your own office. You've understood lighting. You've mastered camera work. You've, you've gotten your on-camera presence where you want it. And as we go forward, what I'm really excited about is how we can use that as a strategic tool to continue to elevate your presence and your impact. All right. So now, fingers crossed, we're starting to see things open up. Events are starting to come back. And your first tip was, hey, you've created the studio on whatever level you've yep. created it you've created the studio your first thing is to take inventory of everything you've done and even some things you maybe haven't done what do you mean by that what are we I mean I have a camera I've got two lights I've got you know yes. a microphone what am I doing when you say take inventory okay so first to your point about events coming back online I have some some good news from a direct conversation with an event planner at the Gaylord Texan that very same place I was there two weeks ago and the place was thumping I mean like 10,000 people in the whole facility. It was over the Christmas uh, celebration, so they go big for that as well. And I asked her, I said, what are your clients saying when they book a meeting? Are they hedging their commitment? Are they looking for out clauses in their contracts right now? And she said, no. They are eager to get together and they have money. They can't wait to spend their money. And we're busier than we've ever been. We have events, we have months coming up where in that month-long period we're doing more events than, than we ever did pre-COVID. So 
to me, that's great encouragement for our industry sure. and the fact that we are coming back online. So what I mean by that, by, by my first tip is to really think about all that you've done. We've done, you know, live digital events. We've done, and by the way, I don't like the term virtual. This is kind of like a pet peeve for me. I don't like to call it a virtual presentation because that implies that it's not real, that it's imaginary in some respect. And we know for a fact, it's a real presentation. It's a real challenge. Well, for a lot of us, it actually, a lot of us found it was harder to do these Much. online presentations, whether they were live or recorded, than to step out on the stage and, and do what we got into this business to do. Yeah, absolutely. And so I like the word digital or distanced or online. Um, those to me are, are better clarifiers of what it actually is. And so, you know, we've done it live. We've done it pre-recorded. We've created a course. Many of you in the, in the audience have created courses in your studio. We've done a ton of podcasts, not as many as you, but we've done a lot of podcasts and created a podcast. We um, have produced a course for orienting employees with one of my clients to their to their jobs. And so we created like a licensed product. And then th one of the most powerful tools that we discovered along the way was leveraging the virtual space as a sales tool. And so here's what I do, Tom. When a an inquiry comes up, say it's for a live performance, a live event, and, and we say, okay, we're going to set that up as a Zoom call. We do it from the studio, but we don't tell them anything about the studio. And so I'm sitting in the library, which is my heart center for my operation, and you know, talking to my client. And it looks great. It looks like a great Zoom setup. And secondly, and then, and then I listen to their, their needs for their meeting. I'm learning about their people. I've done my homework. And then when it gets time to start talking about what I would do for them as a speaker, I get up and I move into a different space and I start using what they've told me to reflect back to them how I would customize my presentation. Essentially, I'm doing a live improvised keynote for them to close the deal. And I move you know, through my studio. I use the tools that I've created in order to really connect with them. And they light up. They're so fired up at that point. And now the question, before we've even started talking about money, in their mind, what they're thinking is, gosh, I hope we can afford Dan, you know? And which is a great position you want to be in when you're negotiating a deal. And also, I think that that could be uh, an opportunity. It already has become an opportunity to extend the impact of the live event. So in other words, we, we, are, we, we start to see our live presentations as keynoters, not as the end of something or as the big splash in the pool, but as the beginning of something and as the opportunity to start a conversation that we can then nurture and revisit from our digital studios over time. So that's awesome that you're using the studio that you created just as the place to sit and have the conversation, the sales call, but because it is so well set up and so well lighted and you have a team that takes care of your cameras and things like that, you're really giving them sort of a preview of what you can do besides the live keynote you're going to come do for doing additional training, additional programs and stuff like that. That's actually a brilliant way to use your studio. What are some other ways that you're taking inventory of what you have and other ways that you're using Using that studio to make sure that it doesn't become obsolete if everything becomes, you know, in person again. Well, I've done some, you know, brainstorming sessions with executive teams. I've done one-on-one -on -one coaching. Um, we, we've actually 
beamed in, if you consider like p- dropped into other virtual environments and other worlds where there's an online conference happening. Obviously, that's what we're doing when we bring in a digital presentation. But you could be on any any show, any television appearance. I actually uh, did, have done TV from my live studio and done TV interviews and those types of things as well. And so that's what I want to really talk about in terms of how this could continue to become, um, in my mind, like the keynote relationship becomes a much longer, deeper relationship with certain clients who want that and need that going forward. And that way you can really expand your impact and own the skills and the tools. Now, for me, you mentioned that's multiple cameras, it's multiple sets, it's live switching. We have a lot of fun doing this in the office with my team and it's Stephanie and my wife, Shay, who are, you know, usually if one of them's in there, we can do this pretty well. Two of them for sure, if we're doing a live event and they're amazing and it's the the camaraderie of how we do it together. But for many people, it's what you do alone, the skills that you've learned, the technology, the OBS, the, the, the computer skills that you've developed, which I don't have, you know, so it's how you've learned to address this issue and this opportunity to become your best presenter from a distanced digital environment. That's not going away, Tom, because even though live events are coming back online with a, with gumption, the other thing I'm hearing from my clients is that, the greatest difficulty they have is getting people to come back into the office. Are you hearing this as well? Oh, yeah. Getting people to come back to the office. And meeting planners are finding, with events they're doing, they're maybe not all seeing their numbers where they were pre-pandemic. Just getting people to come back to attend meetings is also hard. It it is. And and part of that is inertia. And part of that is actual life changes that people have have gone through. I know people who, you know, kept their job working from home and moved to a different state. And and they didn't tell their employer that they moved to a different (laughs) state. But I also think about people who like just enjoy it being at, being at home, being with their kids, maybe with their pets. Maybe they got a pet. And this whole prospect of going back into the office now seems very, very difficult. So my point is, there's always going to be opportunities and requirements for delivering a digital distance presentation online. And the other thing is our audiences are much more sophisticated. So what used to just be able to uh, get by as we have the capability, we have a good mic, we have good lighting, we have a camera, you know, (laughs) well, everybody's got good lighting. Now your audience might have a better looking set than you do, you know, and that's, that's not a good position to be in. So we have to continue to see our ourselves as the innovators of this medium and those that are leading the way for our clients so that we're on the front edge of that wave of change. So that's a good transition sort of to the second tip, which was about keeping the momentum of what you've started with this whole digital studio and the use of that. What what, what do we do if we're keeping the momentum? What should people be doing now moving forward? Well, let's start with the momentum of you as a presenter and you as a performer, because for me, uh, and I'll just confess my own vulnerability and breakthrough, because it may resonate with you and others who are in this audience. I'm a performer, like I talked about. I have... I learned to to, uh, to thrive on stage in front of an audience from the moment I was 11 years old at the Renaissance Festival, and to feed off that energy has been an amazing thing. It gave me a great 
uh, skills and tools to to work my way into speaking and to leverage the impact that I could create with an audience. But the downside of that, Tom, was that I always had this need this for audience recognition and approval. Like I want to know they're with me. I want to feel some sense of you know either a laugh or applause or head nods or some kind of encouragement. I required that to feed off of that. Well, when that's no longer available and you have to deliver an hour long presentation in a room by yourself with zero feedback, then you have to find a new gear. And what I did was I, you know, and I did, I found, I found the ability to sit comfortably within my content and ideas with great confidence and congruence, staring into the lens of a camera, actually not at it, but through it into the heart of my audience and projecting not only my content, but my intentions to help them. And so living in that space is a very, very different set of skills. Well, now that I'm back in, on stage in front of audiences with some regularity, I'll tell you, I feel a new, a new power. I feel like I'm better than I've ever have been before because I have that new sense of confidence and groundedness in my content and material and I still have all the other skills I used to have. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. And I want to repeat something that you said that I think all of us should take a breath and listen to what Dan said, because he said that he had to learn, and all of us had to learn to do this, was to sit confidently in his own ideas and content. And I think that was something for me personally was a huge change to going to virtual because I don't have a performing background but like you did, but I loved being on stage. I, I got into this business for it. And it wasn't so much the ego, although that's there. You love the applause and people saying great job. But I loved that camaraderie that could be developed with an audience that I don't think is exactly the same. You can still do it over a digital version, but it's not the same. I had to learn to be okay with that difference. And once I got okay with doing that distance learning and I could sit comfortably with it, all of a sudden the feedback I got from clients was like, wow, that was really good. So when you said I had to learn to sit you know, confidently with my own ideas and content, I wanted to make sure everybody takes a breath and thinks about that because I think that's a huge lesson for all of us that we learned over the past couple of years. Yeah. And, and that's what I mean by leverage that momentum. It's like you, you have just won a new skill and many new skills, many new levels of breakthrough ability and confidence and clarity. And so like planting flags in the ground, you know, we don't put them off to the side. We say, yeah, this is my new base camp to take this, this increased ability and capability out into the world, back on stages and again, back in the digital space. So leveraging momentum also means, Tom, about how you see the trajectory of your mastery in that little cockpit that you created. This is the place where I go and I be into live events or virtual events that are pre-recorded or whatever. It's like, this is my spaceship to show up. And now, as we think about where this is all going, and now with conversations about the metaverse, not to get too far out there, but but it's not in the very distant future where you and I are going to be performing in digital and virtual environments that look completely different than what we've already experienced. And so these skills and, and equipment and capability will become repurposed in countless new ways. So I think it's probably time for an upgrade. So what do you need now, considering that your audience are more sophisticated. Your clients 
clients are more sophisticated and you still want to stand out above and beyond what they're thinking and capable of presenting, what does that mean for you? Are you going to maybe lean into some of the skills that you've neglected and learn a little bit more about graphics and how to overlay video or, or whatever it may be, how to incorporate multiple sets? You don't need three sets like me, but I think a, a great speaker should at least be able to create some variety. And if I would suggest even two cameras, there's the one for you sitting eye to eyeball with your audience, looking directly at them and sharing your, your heartfelt wisdom. And there's another where you can get up and move and you move into a different environment and switch to a different look where you're in front of, you know, your props or your screen or whatever it may be that you interact with. But now there's just a different physicality and even moving between those two looks can create a, a great variety. So leverage your skills, leverage your abilities, leverage your equipment and, and think about how it can really transform your capability with the big mission, which is to, to transform lives, to leverage your words, to lift the world and to empower your audiences to, to grow and thrive and, and become amazing. So you may have been this way before the pandemic hit. I know I was, I was get hired, give a speech, get a check, go home. And now we live in this world where a lot of us learned that, hey, maybe that wasn't enough. It's you know, really a fun model, though. It was a, oh, yeah, God. <laughs> you know, if people would say, Tom, I think you need to diversify your income streams. I'm like, why? Yes. I love this one uh, income stream. And I never dreamed. People are like, well, what if you get sick? I thought, well, I'm rolling that dice. But I never dreamed there would be something that would shut down the whole meetings business. Coming out of it, a lot of us have realized that we need these uh, variety of things that attach to our speaking business. And when we started... You talked about the fact that, hey, you use your studio for the sales call, but you're also showing them what I could do for ongoing. What Lois Kramer said on the show almost a year ago now, she calls it aftercare. aftercare. What can you do after you get yeah, the speech? I remember speech? that. I remember her saying that. So, what, what are you looking at that when you said, hey, I show them my capabilities for this video studio, what are you hoping then and what are you starting to do with clients as an add-on? Well, what we've all learned is there are some applications for which the digital environment is better than a live environment. You can scramble a meeting quickly. You can bring together people in, in a very short amount of time from all over the world. And we can be very efficient with the way we manage time and not just you know the travel experience, but just the, st the on-time stage experience. There's so much compression that happens in the digital environment that you could literally move through an agenda much quicker if you're online than if you're in person. Now, the energy is not the same. The in-person nature of people, human beings gathering together is an absolute fundamental requirement of who we are as people. That's never going to go away. And yet, the right answer is digital in a lot of different applications. So we have the ability, yes, in emergencies, in certain weather situations, in uh, the next global pandemic that may hit. No, or, no, no. I'm or, not going to believe there's going to be another one. Tom, it's going to be something. The waves of change, the waves of chaos are not over. And so for us to think, well, we survived this <laughs> and now we're back. Um, Very now, true. It's not going to, it's not the, not the same anymore. And so, um, I do still consider myself a keynoter, and there's a certain purity and beauty about the idea of knowing I prepare for an event, I fly there, I get a check, I go home, and I love that. But
But I'll tell you what, I'm also more acutely aware of how long it takes to get there. I'm more, I'm more acutely aware of what it's like to be alone by myself in my hotel room when my loved ones aren't with me. And I, I have to tell you, my, my joy has has not necessarily diminished it's changed it's transformed in different ways i'm more grateful than ever for the gift of being a speaker and the opportunity to contribute in that way at a live event and i'm also uh more aware of the trade-offs and maybe what i've sacrificed for decades in order to do it so, Dan, I think this is a super important topic that we've covered here to launch into 2022. As things are changing, taking a look at those video assets that we have all created over the last two years and really looking at moving forward. So, we've only got a few minutes left, but I do want to talk about something else you said, and that was maybe it's time to upgrade. So many of our peers are literally looking at the news and watching what's going on, like the meeting planner at the Gaylord told you, and like many of my clients have told me, hey, we're moving forward in 2022. A lot of people are thinking, where is that crate so I can pack up the camera and the lights <laughs> and, you know, turn the guest room back into a guest room? And yet you're saying, hmm, maybe not. Maybe you upgrade the guest room to an even better studio. So let's think about that for a minute. What does that mean for the average speaker? I would just say, keep, keep in mind that broadcasting is one of your roles. As a speaker, you need to know how to rock the stage and how to rock the camera. And what, whatever that means to you, take it up a notch. And maybe you haven't looked at equipment in a while. Maybe you haven't looked at digital capabilities and the technology that can support your ability to deliver a presentation or how to integrate video or um, little uh, you know, assessment tools with your audience. And what's available now is probably far different than what was available when we were initially making all of those choices. I mean, we can just look at Zoom. I mean, there's a hundred platforms out there, but we can just look at Zoom. The Zoom that we all, I mean, you and I have been using Zoom before yes. 2020. The Zoom that we were using in 2018, 19, in the first part of 2020, the platform doesn't even look the same. They've upgraded so many features because they had to, and the world, you know, thank God for Zoom, right? Thank the, God. The world moved. And thank God for the NSA version of Zoom that we all get it, you know, at, at that great, great, great Great rate, absolutely. But in the past 18 months, I talk to people all the time who don't even know there's features. There's a feature I used when I was doing a keynote the other day that was online, and afterwards, the chat was like, how in the world did you do that? What is the special <laughs> add-on tool? How much does that cost? And I'm like, it's part of Zoom. And the meeting planner came back and said, didn't know that. You yeah, know, we use Zoom every day. She didn't even know that it had the capabilities that it has now. Well, so I might need you to, you to explain that to me a little bit later. <laughs> <laughs> but but the truth is, for a lot of people, you're right. We invested heavily in that second half of 2020, but have we really looked at what's out there now and and the best ways to do it now? So that is actually great advice. Stay curious. You know, be, get excited about what's to come and the the idea to be back together. Stay curious about. What, what still remains for you to discover about the digital opportunity. And, and honestly, I enjoy them both. I enjoy them both in very different ways, but we have this little ritual that happens at the end of every uh, digital keynote that I deliver live in the studio. And by the way, I always go live if I can, if I can circumnavigate that conversation about pre-recording. We even have a generator we built for our studio. Like we could get a like thunderstrike and tornado in the middle of my keynote and still go on if as long as we, you know the roof's still there. But but bottom line is here's the ritual: when it's all over and said and done, and the cameras go 
show off. I look at my wife and I say, see you later, honey. I need to catch a flight. <laughs> oh, wait. No, I don't. <laughs> we laugh about it and we order Thai food. <laughs> nice. Nice. So, so you know that if, uh, if Dan's doing a keynote and you're nearby, there's going to be pad Thai for you after he finishes. If, yeah. you're, if you're in town. Yeah. And if you're in town and you ever want to sit in while we do one, we've done that with the speaker buddies from time to time too. And just to enjoy the show and see kind of the inner workings of how we do things in, uh, in Atlanta. Uh, happy to share that as well. Well, and I, w- I want to close with one other thing you said that I want to make sure everybody heard. And that is just a moment ago, Dan shared that we all need to remember that broadcasting is part of our role as a professional speaker now and forever. That's true. Exactly right. Dan, any last advice? I would just say my friends just, uh, continue to reinvent and remember you're here to serve your clients and it's not about what you think is required it's about what is best suited to their opportunities and say yes continue to say yes as we've been challenged to and realize it's the hard things that make us better we've had to endure so much challenge and difficulty and reinvention in the last two years together we've done it as a community and realize that as a community we are stronger we have new skills skills and abilities and capabilities and better relationships with one another. And so leverage those as well, your friendships, your NSA community in order to help you and help others in the future. Well, Dan, thanks for taking your time out of our busy schedule here at the CSP CPA Summit for sharing with the audience here at Speakernomics. Thanks for being here. You bet. Let's get back to work. And thanks to everybody who tuned in and listened. You know what? Speakernomics has now entered into the second year. We launched this show at the beginning of 2021, and we are so excited about everything that we are going to bring you in 2022, because Speakernomics is the official podcast of the National Speakers Association. So make sure you tune in every week because we have a lot of information for you on how to be a better speaker and build a better business. And let's face it, we all want to make more money in this speaking world. So always remember the motto of this podcast, speak, get paid, repeat. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.